It's just like a family reunion or a picnic with a run. I self-identify as a runner, although physically and probably mentally I am not. <laughs> In this episode, we are joined by Coach Duke, longtime runner, triathlete, sports medicine physical therapist, and all-around genuinely solid human. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Three Star Runners. Tonight, we have Philip joining me, co-hosting with me. And our special guest tonight is Michael Scott from The Office. Just kidding. <laughs> it is Michael Scott. But Michael Scott Duke, extraordinaire, Esquire, all the above. Uh-oh, good thing my internet stable connection is unstable. <laughs> Hopefully I can, uh, See, I don't self-combust. The introduction for Michael was so hot, it created an unstable <laughs> internet. <laughs> I will say, though, that once the office came out and Michael Scott became a thing, especially when the teenagers started watching it, uh-huh. Every time they, they announce my name in church or anywhere, they <laughs> everyone turns their heads and looks over at me. And, like, what? <laughs> I was the original. That's right. You were here long before that other Michael Scott, and he doesn't even have a Duke. Exactly. He's not even a Duke. That's true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Michael. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are going to talk running, and I know you do lots of different things with running, so let's start wherever you want to. All right. Uh, the question that you usually ask is, when did you start running, or what got you into running? And I, it's interesting, a lot of the trail runners and ultra runners that I meet, uh, they get into it later in life, as adults mm-hmm. typically. Um, I was one of the weirdos, I guess, that I've been a runner since I was a little kid. My parents would probably say that I was running before walking. And, um, I, I just, from elementary school on, I was always running around playing soccer. I joined the cross country and the track team in high school. Um, I just, I've loved running my entire life. Like it's, it's part of who I am. Uh, I've always felt like I'll be running until the day I die. So yes. <laughs> hopefully I don't hopefully die not running, the, but yeah, yeah, hopefully not the cause of death, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, so that's that's the brief overview. Um, but trail running, I, I never I so I grew up in San Francisco and had no clue that there was trails everywhere around me um but apparently going back as an adult my phone's about to die i think i'm gonna have to find a plug here um sorry you can edit that out <laughs> no it's too hard to edit it's staying in it's too hard to edit. <laughs> uh, of course there isn't a plug anywhere um yeah so i ran cross country and we did a lot of stuff in the uh you know, on the streets, which is ironic because it's supposed to be cross country, but um, <laughs> they ran a lot of track. But yeah, going back, um, I discovered 
you know, Sequoia National Forest and uh, there's near San Francisco, there's all kinds of trails up there that I just didn't even know about. So one of my goals is to get back and explore that whole area where I grew up and learn about it for the first time. Yeah, there's some amazing trails out there for sure. Yeah. You kind of were, were always a runner when you were little. Then growing up through high school, you turn took a turn to uh, do some other endurance stuff for a while, right? Yeah. So um, after high school, went to college and continued to run, but I got into triathlon for a long time. I actually uh, started the triathlon club at the university I went to, BYU, and got that up and running raced triathlon for around 16 years, I think is what I counted up at one point. Um, and then got kind of burned out on the triathlon scene. Uh, it's so, uh, I don't know, competitive. Yeah. It's pretty intense all the time. Um, and it's, it's got a much different feel to it than trail running. So I retired from, uh, Retired from triathlon is what I call it, and then went to trail running, which brings us to where we are now. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that. But um, yeah, I found one of the things I was thinking about as I was listening to some of your previous podcasts is the people are just so different in trail running, uh, whether it's ultras or not. But You mean we're all uh, weirdos? Is that what you're saying? Oh, well, among other things, but, uh, I mean, it takes a special person to want to go out and hang out in the, in the woods for that long. Um, but no, it's the community in triathlon is, you don't get a lot of, uh, support from other athletes. Typically it's more competitive by nature. Um, it's also much more expensive when you start talking about pools and bikes and stuff but yeah bikes uh, are expensive the the simplicity <laughs> yeah they are you can't you can buy a cheap one but yeah uh yeah so the the community there's, in there's no five thousand so dollar uh, running shoes out there that's for sure <laughs> not yet <laughs> uh but no that just supportive community typically self-deprecating and just fun to be around right whereas the triathlon communities wasn't wasn't that way but you know that's why there are different communities people fit in in different spots yeah fine but do you think in. that 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 has a lot to do with um like you said earlier the, the trail running scene tends to be especially trail running like it seems like it's a, a process where people try running or fitness in all various forms and then there are those you know marathon people are weird but trail runners are ultra weird right and so those ultra weirdos that end up in trail running like they're later in life right so do you think they've just kind of it's just that they've sorted out how to compete for themselves and also you know without being a jerk to everybody else on the trail they're there for the experience you think that's part of it why do you think it is that the trail runners tend to be more of a, you know, I guess unified community, more friendly and welcoming than other 
you know, endurance sports. Uh, it may be that. Yeah. I think there's, there's a component of just the, as your life passes by and the, I think most of us in our teens and twenties tend to be pretty competitive and most of the athletic things that we do uh, seem to be uh, for reasons of competition. But as we get older, we have different reasons for doing those things. Um, you know, maybe we're, uh, you know, I've had different times in my life where it was competitive at first, but then it was a stress relief, right? Going out and exercising became a stress relief for my job and from other things in life. And uh, maybe it's just to, you know, control uh, for some people control appetite or control weight or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people run. Um, so I think those reasons tend to change as we get into our thirties and forties and fifties. Um, I also and, feel and like competition it's hidden. Is less important. Like, like you said, you grew up in a place where there's been trail runners since long before you were born and that in the Bay area, there's been people running trails in that area, but just, it's a small group and it's not something that even in cross country, you don't even actually run on trails a lot of the time, right? <laughs> Across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of a hard thing to get into it. So there's not, there's not leagues. There's not ways to get into it. There's not something even if you're really competitive about running, then you do track or you do uh, cross country. That's also even in, even collegiately, it's not really on trails, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe so it's kind of it's kinda a... hard to, it's kind of hard to find. It is. They, it's not, you're right. There's no, youth trail running leagues or anything like that maybe that's uh something we should start up get yes. the kids exposed oh, to it i like it i i would love to see the the you know the the hoka or ultra or nike trail running commercial where it's like the middle-aged guy with like a little bit of a belly and he's got a hiking vest on <laughs> and a beard and long hair and he's like you know advertising trail running shoes that i don't know if that captures quite the market that they're looking for <laughs> so you're saying i should make my own video you just described me Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well i picked the i picked the epitome the the ultra runner you know the, like gq model that we're all striving to be like so if that's you then you are one oh, blessed man perfect i think Russ colorado is the place to start it right colorado is the place to start like a trail running uh, little league uh yeah <laughs> oh yeah no, you're, you're absolutely right i was just imagining as as the idea was kind of forming in my my head <laughs> like sending a bunch of 12 year olds all right you guys go run off into the woods <laughs> Follow the Come back markers. in 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> Everybody have their bear spray. Uh, half of them would make get sure, lost or distracted. Make sure your parents sign the permission slip because uh, search and rescue is going to charge them a ton of money when you get lost. <laughs> Isn't that the great thing about being a coach is you just sit there and send them off like so running. You're like, all right, guys, these are the drills we're running. I'm going to watch you do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty cool part about coaching. I will say that. That's for sure. <laughs> no you're right about Colorado I, I'm excited we're headed up there soon and um yeah I, I can't wait to get up into the mountains that's one thing I've missed living where I am here in Austin there's it's the hill country which is appropriately <laughs> named but there are no mountains to speak of around here so yeah. really looking forward to that
That's great. Well, tell us a little so, bit. Well, so, go ahead. Bill. Yeah, go ahead, Russ. No, I think you're probably going to say the same thing. <laughs> I was going to ask where you're headed to in Colorado. Uh, describe what, what you're, are, are you relocating for work? Um, are you, are you just headed there for, to start a trail running little league? What, what's the plan? That's exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I just decided right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to move, move my family. This podcast changes lives, lives, people. Maybe not for the better, but lives have changed. (laughs) I'll I'll run it by my wife in a few minutes after we're done here. Uh, don't do that. (laughs) Just, just pack up. Don't tell her the real reason. <laughs> Honey, why is there a moving van on our front driveway? Uh, yeah, so no, what's, what's the Colorado plan? Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So relocating for work, uh, it was more of a uh, needed a change from my work here. So I had always wanted to move back to Colorado. We lived there briefly during one of uh, my clinical residency things in PT school um, in Denver area. So I honestly, I've been trying to get back to Colorado ever since. Um, and timing's right now. So got a job lined up there. We got our house sold here and oh, don't, ha- don't have anywhere to go yet, but <laughs> we're going to Colorado Springs. Oh, so you're going to Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Colorado Springs. That's, I love how when you're there and you look you know, towards the west, and you're in the most beautiful mountains in the world. And then you look to the east, and it's like, welcome to Oklahoma. <laughs> it's so flat. It's like the coolest, you know, it's like right on the, where edge. the whole United States merges is right there. It's so cool. You can, yeah, you really can hike spot. all day, mm-hmm. do the, Man- the Manitou incline, hike <laughs> Pikes Peak. You're, you're, your climbing legs are going to be super strong. <laughs> yeah, my, I was telling my kids about the Manitou climb there, and they were excited about it, but they couldn't believe how steep it was. <laughs> and it sounds like a lot of fun, though. It's, it's, I took my kids, and the youngest was probably like four, maybe, and we put mm-hmm. her on a hiking pack. And there were parts where you're like on your hands and knees, like <laughs> going from railroad tie to railroad tie. It is so steep. So oh, it's good. There is a bell out. I think it's like 2,800 steps. And I can't remember what the elevation gain is. It's like, you know, over a thousand feet, 900 feet. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's steep, but there's a bell out at like 2000 steps. So you can quit 800 steps short of, short of this. When you're almost there. (laughs) (laughs) But that's when it gets really steep. There's groups of people that do it every day year round. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So join one of those crazy groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw something where one woman moved to an apartment specifically close to the base of that just so she could climb, run it every day. Nice. Like, Man, well, you like a religion up there. You'll feel right at home because uh, Manitou Springs, uh, the little city there, it's, they, they want to be like Austin, but they're not big enough or weird enough, but they want to be. Yeah. So. You, you'll feel comfortable. <laughs> I hope we didn't yeah. just offend our one Manitou Springs listener. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, we don't really have one of those. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, have you been? I I knew you back 
when I knew Russ in school and you were doing a lot of triathlons then. Mm-hmm. So are you, I know you said you retired. So are you exclusively trail running now? And is it for fitness or do you try to plan a race season? What's kind of your motivation now? So a lot has happened since I saw you. So I, I raced for, <laughs> for a lot of years. Um, I retired just from burnout uh, more than anything. And then I actually, I trail ran for oh, a couple of years. And then I had some unfortunate medical issues, um, which I can go into as little or as much detail as you want. But the bottom line is uh, I had to have a, a basic minor knee surgery that turned into a going on three and a half year ordeal with botched surgeries and medical problems uh, related to those botched surgeries. And so I haven't run in three and a half years oh, as wow. we sit here right now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been, I told you earlier that my, in my nature is running, right? I, I love running. It's kind of my, my peaceful place where I get out and I can think or not think and just kind of clear my head and I solve problems. I, I, I love being out and just, just running. Uh, but yeah, so for three and a half years, I've been battling trying to get back to running. Uh, so now I'm exclusively a cyclist, um, uh-huh. which it's better than nothing, but, uh, yeah, I'm still looking forward to, to the running thing. Um, well, you, you self, can bike up to Pikes as a runner. Yeah. As long <laughs> as you self-identify, you're, you're good. I do. And I, and I don't know how long I have to be out of running where I will stop identifying myself as a runner, but Never. I don't know that I will ever stop that. So that's, that's the I motto think... of three-star runners. That's why it's at the beginning of every episode. Now all that matters <laughs> right. is what you, what you think, whatever you feel yeah. like is right. That's who you are. <laughs> I, I think it would be sad. I was thinking because it's been a while since I've done any races and I don't have any plan, but I was thinking it would be a sad day if I got to the point where I stopped running and just through wear and tear, I ran out of shirts that I'd gotten from races. <laughs> That's how I would know it'd be in a long time since I've done any races. That's when Phil is finally going to say. <laughs> That's when I would be I'm like, no all right. A runner. It's no longer a runner. Yeah, because I don't have a single shirt from a race anymore. I mean, that's like 20 to 30 years, though. Those shirts can last a long time. That's what I think. That's what I think. With proper care, folding them nicely. Exactly. Well, I might be in trouble then because I I cut up a bunch of my old race t-shirts to make one ah, of those quilt things, and they're all sitting in a bag. So I'm kind of short on running running t-shirts right now, too. Well, as long as you treat it like your baby blanket and you sleep with it every night, I think it's fine. (laughs) That counts. Use them as a pillowcase. Yeah. So, so Michael, with all the, Phil, oh, oh, I was just going to say with all this, so many sorry. great questions. <laughs> well, I was just, this is a PT related one. Cause I figured with all the like trouble with knee surgeries, they probably look at you and they're like, uh, physical therapy. And you probably look at them like, uh, do the surgery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a very, uh, it's a good observation. That was a big, <laughs> that was tough at the beginning. Cause yeah, I, my specialty is sports medicine, particularly knees, feet, and ankles. So I, I see people who had my exact surgery every day of the week, and typically they're back running in 8 to 12 weeks. Um, so, so, yeah, that was really tough to go through that. And then the surgeon was telling me it was my problem, not his. And 
Uh, turned out it wasn't my problem. It was his, but anyway. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. There's some things in life that you are dealt that you don't have a choice in and what can you do but roll with it and do the best you can with it. So so how have you channeled stuff, Michael? How have you channeled and done the best with it? Unfortunately, you haven't been able to run the way you've wanted to the last couple of years, but you've done a lot of good things. Yeah. So like I said, I've done a ton of cycling more than I ever have in my life. Um, and I decided, you know, if I'm going to be a cyclist, I'm going to be as good a cyclist as I can. So I've been working on that, but, uh, trying to stay connected with the running community in other ways. Um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, a lot of them have to do with trail running or ultra running. Um, you're on a lot I, of podcasts. I'm, I'm on so many podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I declare my schedule for this one. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I actually, uh, started coaching as well. And that's been a lot of fun, more fun than I thought it would be. Um, but I've, I've always done a ton of research, uh, been really interested in the, the mechanics of how to train and, you know, my PT background, I have a lot of, uh, knowledge about running gait and injury prevention, injury recovery the biomechanics of movement and just, just how the body functions. So um, combining that with some uh, coaching skills that I've developed over a lot of years. And now I've been able to see people I coach go through their own transformations and meet their goals. And, and that's, I can't say that it's the same satisfaction. It's different, but it's, it's just as good. Yeah see what you're saying tell us about something specifically with somebody that you've been coaching tell us a story you don't have to use real names if you don't want to (laughs) protect the innocent um so i one he's he's about 30 how old is he now mid 30s uh a friend of mine actually who i started coaching uh about nine months ago ten months ago um He's been trying to qualify for Boston, the Boston Marathon, for a number of years now and has just been kind of stuck about 15 or 20 minutes uh, too slow for his Boston qualifying. So I, I was like, hey, I don't know if you're interested, but I'm doing coaching and I'd love to try and get you to a Boston qualifier. So started coaching him and um, – he he made the mistake that I would say the vast majority of runners make uh, in his training in that he would always go at a medium speed, you know, medium hard uh, on all of his runs. There was never really any variety. And so we tested him. I tested him for uh, both his top end speed and his aerobic uh, pace, which is, you know, the, the fastest you can run while maintaining complete aerobic metabolism um and it turned out that he had a really well developed middle of the road uh speed but he had no high end speed and his aerobic system despite at least four or five years of running his aerobic system was terrible um his aerobic pace when we first tested him was right around 915 920 per mile on flat road, which I know is different than the trails, but, um, 
And so I started coaching him and within about six months or so, we had that aerobic pace down to about 740. Um, so meaning it purely aerobic metabolism, um, you know, not requiring any anaerobic fitness whatsoever. He, you know, the speed that you could run at all day, uh, as long as you keep yourself slightly fueled and hydrated, um, he, he went, he dropped about a minute and a half off of that. So, and yeah, then he ran, difference. yeah, it's really cool to watch and we could see it coming down over the months. And, um, and a couple of the things that really were interesting to see, cause he's, he's really analytical and really precise in all of his measurements. So, uh, we kept track of his heart rate the whole time on every run and pace and everything. Um, and he, uh, it was interesting when he had a bad run, like it was just off. I would always send him a text like, Hey, something's off today. What happened? And invariably it'd be, Oh, you know, my baby was up, kept me up all night. I didn't get any <laughs> sleep or, or, you know, it's been a bad week. I've had a lot of stress at work and, and it would play out in his running uh, mm. statistics. You know, his heart rate was up, his pace was down, something was just off. So, he learned how to manage the stress a little bit better. Uh, nutrition was a lot better. We worked through that. And anyway, he got his Boston qualifying time. Um, unfortunately, the race was canceled because of <laughs> the virus. But he ended up running the race on the same day on these like four or five mile loops in his neighborhood where he had to stop mm -hmm. for stoplights and stuff like that. And he still got his BQ. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So we're we're trying to get him an official qualifier coming up in September, but cool. Well, that um, sounds like you're gonna... really going into details on um, not just what you normally would think of, not just your normal hey run sprints one day, run a long uh, long run one day, take a rest day. Sounds like you're going into a lot of uh, uh, very specific details for each person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like I said, I'm kind of geeking out about the, the coaching side of things. I've got, you know, this guy who's trying to qualify for Boston. I have a couple of teenagers who are trying to, you know, break a certain time in the upcoming cross country season that I'm training this summer. And then, you know, another gal who's you know, recovering from a foot surgery and just wants to run a half marathon with her sisters. So huge variety. And, and it's, it's just fun to kind of, solve the puzzles every day because every day is different for each runner too yeah yeah i loved what, what you said about one of the you know i guess the traps that we fall into when we run um when you were describing that the medium hard uh running pace that we just kind of fall into it you know i, I immediately thought like it's it's the goldilocks pace right it's not too much, not too little. It's just right. We're not going to push ourselves. We're not going to take it easy, but just enough that we, we're like, we're still runners. We're not joggers. We're not walkers. We're runners. But we're also not sprinters by any means because we're going distance running. So with no sprinting here. And I do that all the time. Like I just, I just put the treadmill on the same like random number, put the time in, hop off. I do that notoriously. I need to, I need to hire you. Oh man, Let's Michael, do it. you just got yourself another customer. 
I think well, my, uh, my goals would be very different though. <laughs> it wouldn't be as cool as the people you're training. My goal would be how can I run and stay fit and have, but all between the hours of six and six forty-five, so I don't impact like the rest of our family life. <laughs> and still eat whatever you want. <laughs> yes, ice cream. Make that happen, Michael the Magic Man. <laughs> all right. That's that's one thing I've noticed about coaching and running in general is you gotta be flexible. So if somebody wants to eat ice cream every day, we make a way for that, that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I want it in the training plan though. I want like a time. So when my uh, wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's on the training plan. Coach says I have to have ice cream right now. It's midnight. Uh, yep, it's it's on the training plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's for my night training. <laughs> so I can be yeah. ready for night races. My digestive system has to be ready. <laughs> so Michael, if somebody's trying to find you, if someone listening out there says, oh uh -huh. man, that's exactly what I need. How do they find your, how do they hire your services? Uh, so I, I dove into the social media world finally at the, and I had my wife teach me how to do that to some degree, but I am on Instagram, uh, as the coach Duke. Someone took coach Duke. So, <laughs> so he's Was no longer coach K? the coach. Was Duke. coach K I was going to say, does it have to be with, does it have to be with the university? Cause that would be my guess. <laughs> So surprisingly not as some random guy that yeah, just, just he hasn't guy. used his account. Yeah. But there are a lot of, uh, he's probably a gym coach for like middle school. <laughs> I saw a lot of, uh, Mike Krzyzewski stuff when I was looking up names oh, for yeah. coach Duke. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mike and Duke. <laughs> All right. The coach Duke on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, you'll convince still to get an Instagram account. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be a very good salesperson I, for that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at what do the kids call it? The gram or, or the <laughs> IG. Sometimes people will be like, Oh, look it up on IG. I'm like, is that like instant Google? <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Phil? <laughs> I am. I'm not that old, but an old soul. I, I just, I, I have an iPhone five. I'm not even sure they make Instagram for those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little. Yeah, so, so it's Michael, interesting. I was think, thinking about the uh, training. Uh, I'll stop in a second, Russ. The tra training <laughs> with uh, ultra runners tend to do better with that slower pace anyway. Because uh, if you know you're going to be out there, you know, for 20 hours, 30 hours, whatever, then you're going to automatically slow your pace down and so they you know ultra runners tend to do really well training their aerobic system uh, which is what most road runners don't train very well so so yeah, you just said I, it's okay for me to go, go slow miles that's what i heard yep slow it down <laughs> exactly all i care about is miles <laughs> i don't care about speed miles just gives me at least a benchmark to shoot for but i mean realistically if we wanted to improve no matter where we were i mean a day of speed work every now and then wouldn't be terrible right <laughs> no Although it's really miserable. not it, it may be miserable for the ultra runner yeah because it just doesn't happen that often but there are benefits to the speed work not related to speed uh and namely for me one of the things that i think is probably the most important thing for runners is consistency and if you're injured 
you cannot be consistent. So staying healthy, uh, a little speed work or a little strength training can go a long way for keeping your tissues strong because inherently running is a breakdown kind of activity for your body. It's not a buildup activity. Like if you do, you know, lift weights, your body will break it down and build it back up when you run generally the way we all run over time, it's more of a, a break down the tissue kind of thing. And then when you do something out of the ordinary, that's when you get injured. So um, I think it's actually, even for ultra runners, important to do, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred meter sprints, right. But do a little bit of speed work now and again, or a little bit of strength training now and again, just to keep your tendons and all your connective tissue strong enough to handle what you really like to do, which is run slow on trails. See, Russ runs so far and does so many miles. When you just said 100 meters, that was like gibberish <laughs> to him. He's like, what's a, me- what's a meter? I'm not even sure what that is. 100 what? 100 furlongs. <laughs> <laughs> what's that in nautical miles? That's right. I'm running on water now. The Jesus runner. <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> if you do a... If you do a solo podcast yeah. without guest hosts, that's the name of your podcast, yeah. my friend. <laughs> the Jesus Runner. If you could just learn to run in sandals, you'd have it made. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, tell us a little bit. I think some of the things that I, I know you're expert on because I've turned to you for it, for advice on injured runners. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you've helped injured runners throughout the years, kind of the mentality of of it all and and how you help people work through some of their injuries both as a both as a coach or a physical therapist as a friend all the above all right yeah runners are a particular breed when you're on the medical side of things i think the number one rule is don't ever tell a runner that they can't run because they'll walk (laughs) out the door and never come back (laughs) <laughs> find another physical therapist exactly exactly that's this not the answer what he's talking for. about <laughs> <laughs> no and i think that's key and for runners yes but other athletes too uh you've got to find a way to keep them connected to their sport because it's running in particular is such a big part of people's lives it's often their social circle it's mental health um in a lot of ways and physical health. So if, if you're suddenly cutting all of that off, then it can send people into a spiral. Um, so, you know, finding alternatives, no runner likes to do aqua jogging, but sometimes that has to be, <laughs> be used. Um, few runners like to ride a bike, but sometimes that needs to be used. But even if it's just, Hey, you know what? You can't run for a little bit, but I want you to stay connected to your running community, go volunteer at a race, go do something to, still feel part of the group um so you you still feel connected um and that helps with the mental recovery of injuries uh, for runners as well um beyond that i'd say some commonalities that i see with runners is um most injuries to runners are overuse injuries they tend to be tendonitis or bursitis or a strain of a muscle or those types of things you don't often big ACL tears or something like that in a runner. Um, 
So often you can train through those things depending on how severe it is, um, but you have to be cautious and listen to your body. And that's something that I don't find many runners are good at is listening to what the feed, you know, the feedback that your body is giving to you. Cause we're, we're taught to push through that kind of stuff, right? That's, that's part of running is it's going to hurt, especially trail running. It's going to hurt and you have to learn how to push through that uh, to get to the finish line. But when there's an injury, that's not always the best way to do it. And, and learning the difference between uh, a pain that's an injury and a pain that's just the normal aches and pains of effort uh, yeah, is a hard to figure that out for sometimes. Runners. It really is. I think everybody struggles with that. I've been at a race before where I've passed somebody on the trail who was talking to their friends, holding their legs, saying, you know, I, I've really hurt myself. I'm done. I'm done. And they're distraught. And then, you know, an hour later, that same person passed me running. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that person probably just needed a Snickers bar. You're really injured. <laughs> Go back to where you came from. <laughs> well, there's that one guy that we were running, like he was right in front of us. He fell and dislocated his shoulder, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. I tried, I tried to convince him to let me pop it back in. And he was like, nope, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was going to run Leadville. He, he was doing that as like a training race and he was running Leadville and he was like, mm, no. <laughs> and so he just, we just went with him to the next aid station. That's right. I was like, just relax. I can pop it back in. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, sure. Random guy. I meet. It's, it was like 2 AM. Sure. Random person. <laughs> of course you're an ER doctor. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah, try and identify yourself? Yeah, we just... did. He did. Okay. Yeah. Russ told him who he was. But yeah, we are not good. I mean, because you don't want to be that guy that quits a race only to go back home six hours later and be like, oh, I guess I wasn't injured. Guess I just <laughs> needed more calories. Crap. <laughs> and so you push through it and then, you know, it's like, oh, wait, I was really injured. I messed this up. Yep. Yeah. Fine line. I, it's, and it's not something that is easily or maybe even possible to teach that it's, it's all based on experience. You have to learn by trial and error a little bit, how to, or when to stop and when to push through it. So not easy. Um, couple of, couple of things I think that people may not know that might be useful to the audience and of runners here is, uh, let's take tendonitis, for example. Um, an inflammation or tendinosis, if we want to call it that, an inflammation or a micro tearing of a tendon, uh, wherever that might be. We'll use the Achilles tendon because it's a common one for runners. Um, the, the advice that people will get typically for tendinitis is stop, rest, ice it, and wait for it to heal. And then once take anti-inflammatories. <laughs> yeah, take anti-inflammatories. Yeah, yeah. And, and just make it feel good, get rid of the pain, and then wait for it to get better and then just start back up again. And that's typical advice for tendonitis. And, and I've heard it and I've it hasn't changed in decades. What you should do with the tendonitis is you should keep moving it, but in a gentler way. So let's say you're running 80 miles a week. You might 
be able to run still, but you might have to cut back to 30 or 40 miles a week or less, depending on how severe it is. Um, but tendons like to move. You want circulation in that tendon. Um, and that might mean you got to get on a bike or something low impact for a little bit, but sitting still and not moving, it actually prolongs the healing process of the tendon. Uh, you do not want to stretch that tendon or that muscle connected to the tendon because that will also, it can double or triple your healing time. Um, I always think about it like, uh, you know, the, the tendon, if it's got some micro tears, your body is trying to patch those tears with scar tissue. And if you start stretching that passively, then the first thing that's going to be uh, injured in that stretching process, which it does, uh, will be those little scars, those fresh scars. That form trying to scar heal. Tissue. Yeah. So you're just stuck in the same place you were before and the inflammation continues. So do not stretch tendons when they have tendonitis stenosis. Um, and don't ice it because icing will reduce the circulation, which is not what you want. So get it moving gently. Don't stretch it. If you have to take anti-inflammatories, I suppose, but I don't even prefer doing that for those types of things because I find that can prolong the healing process as well. And there's some studies that, that show both sides of that, but, um, but yeah, tendonitis is a big one. So, so your suggestion would be to take like opioids instead of ibuprofen or something. (laughs) 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 Philip. Just just take the pain. Onto a zero, uncomfortable pain level of zero. Zero. (laughs) Russ will edit that out later. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear a lot of editing. Dub over my voice instead opioids. It's gonna say vitamins. So (laughs) (laughs) vitamin C. Yeah. So anyway, that's the common one we see. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good Um, uh, common misconception. Yeah, that's super helpful. Tendon stuff. Yeah. If it saves one person from doing it wrong, it's worth it. Well, it's good to know. I mean, a lot, a lot of people want to, they either want to do all or none, right? So mm-hmm. that middle ground, it's really hard unless there's somebody, I feel like unless there's a physical therapist or a coach kind of guiding them, they're just going to stop because they don't know any different or they're just mm-hmm. going to keep going until it's worse. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. one, it's one or the other. <laughs> keep going and hope, hoping that it's going to get Whoa. better if you keep going. And you, you don't really know. That, mm. I mean, it's a highly motivated it's back group anyway, the, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's back to the Goldilocks syndrome. We're, we don't like sitting in the middle of the road. We're either too hot or too cold. <laughs> but on what happens uh, oftentimes, if you, if you just stop, which is common too, right? I'm going to take a week off of running or whatever, and then jump right back into the same mileage you were doing before, you've got now an injury that wasn't fully healed probably in a week and now you've got everything is weaker from the time off and so now you're more prone to the injury again so you get a lot of these repeat offenders um, because it's just like stop or go there's no caution just go slow it's the bottom that's the slow down yeah Yeah, that's the the theme of the podcast everybody just slow (laughs) down (laughs) we're all into this together just enjoy it. Yeah. That's awesome. I think this is probably the most informative, like fact driven episode, except for the things I have said. Um, 
throughout there needs this to podcast. be a balance though uh, phil this is this has been a good one <laughs> i'm here for the fake yeah, news my wife <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my wife hates that I'm the balance because it's like I'm the misinformation just to be the balance. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our roles. You, yeah, you need both sides. <laughs> what else? You guys have anything else? <laughs> Nope. We got we got most That's of it good. in the first the first segment. I love the injury part though. It's good. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I think Michael should be a, a repeat, you know, person every now and then. Like give us some some training tips. Talk about and, some specific running injuries and things yeah. like that. I'd I would really love cool. to. And the, and the nutrition aspect too. I mean, people gobble that up, you know. It, it's it's fun to hear. Um, cause there's no one right, you know, nutrition aspect, but so I love the, you know, the individualized runners. We just take, we hear all this information and we just take our favorite parts and then we, <laughs> we say like, yes, that's what I think is true because it said I could eat ice cream. <laughs> so we just kind of build our own <laughs> blah, 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 eat ice cream at midnight, run however <laughs> far you want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, that's we've already the training covered, plan I follow. We covered the nutrition part already with the ice cream, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm happy yeah, to come. I, I would love to do it again. I've, I have a lot of other, like if you give me specifics on uh, on injuries, I'm happy to talk about how to work through some of those or yeah, nutrition. Love talking about that. If, cool. you, if you get somebody like your coaching or specific experiences too, and, and you just like, you know, keep Russ in mind and be like, oh man, I just saw something crazy those are always fun too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i will keep I'll, I'll keep my story radar up good all right michael scott duke <laughs> thanks for joining us yeah good my talking pleasure. with you guys